God bless you and welcome back to Yesterday Ended. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thank you for joining me again today. Perhaps the greatest doubt that enters our minds is whether or not God loves us. Always. Because we disobey at times, we start to think that his love somehow diminishes. And for anyone with a persistent challenge, the chance that we feel unloved greatly increases. When our performance is lacking, the feeling that God is holding out on us becomes a regular companion in our thoughts. In today's episode, we will take a look at the love of God, the love that God has for us. Give a listen. A while back, I had a friend who called me very disappointed that I had not contacted them in a couple of months. I'd gotten very busy and let myself get sidetracked from investing in our friendship. At that moment, my friend doubted my love. Fortunately, I listened to God and a friend who both said, go right now, even though it's late in the evening, and visit this friend. When I knocked on the door and they opened it, I was embraced by that friend who missed me. Have you ever doubted God's love for you? If so, this episode is for you. The title of my poem today is, He Loves Me More. He loves me, he loves me more. He loves me, he loves me more. He loves me, he loves me more. He so loves, so he gives and gives and gives. To experience his love is to know his grace. To experience his love is to know his mercy. To experience his love is to know his forgiveness. His love is better than life. He waits for me to turn to him. He will never turn away. He waits for me to draw near. He will never turn away. He waits for me to worship him. He will never turn away. His love is better than life. It's not about performance. It's about romance. For I am already and always loved by him, not because I am pure enough. For I am already and always loved by him, not because I always obey. For I am already and always loved by him, not because I do so much. For I am already and always loved by him. He is love. He is love. He does what he is. He is what he does. He is love. He is love. His love is better than life. I know I'm not perfect, but I am perfectly loved. I know I must remember I am perfectly loved. He loves me. He loves me more. He loves me. He loves me more. He loves me. He loves me more. It all started with John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're listening to this, you're part of the world, and therefore, God loves you. It's as simple as that. God loved you enough that he gave his only begotten Son so that you could have the possibility of everlasting life. I'm going to guess that you have confessed Christ as Lord if you're listening to this. If not, do so now and accept him as Lord and invite him into your life. Now, back to the issue at hand. The fact of the matter is, 
God is love, and he acted on that love and gave us the greatest gift of all, our Savior Jesus. We see the true definition of love in this verse. God so loved that he gave, and he hasn't stopped giving. He has thought about us and prepared for us since before the foundation of the world, and he works in us according to Philippians 2.13, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He works to help us to have the willingness and ability to do his will. He's a very hands-on father. He didn't just give you the Bible, patted you on the head and said, good luck, kid. He has had a vision of you looking just like Jesus since before the foundation of the world, and he's doing all he can to help you be conformed to that image. He's the original fashion designer who designed our lives to be like Jesus. We're to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, to be clothed with him. That's God's predetermined intent for you. Just like any good father with a child, he's there to help you put your shoes on and tie the laces. He absolutely adores you. Too much of religion these days is about performance. It's all about how obedient we are. Now, obedience is a very good thing, but his love is not affected by our lack thereof. He doesn't turn off the hose when we disobey. We are the ones that walk away from his supply. According to James 1.17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. This is one of many verses that tell us that God is constant. He's faithful. He does not change. So if the circumstances in your life have changed, it's not because of him. And the greatest way to gain strength to obey is to remember his goodness. Romans 2.4 tells us that his goodness leads us to repentance. He's not waiting to beat us over the head when we disobey. He's waiting to bless us with what we need to obey. I have to admit, I've had a few pity parties throughout my life, dealing with shame of being disobedient yet once again. Recently, while I was partying it up, God interrupted my pity party and reminded me of his love and that it does not change. The example I began with concerning my friend shows that even though sometimes we may grieve someone their love does not always diminish. That's what great friends are like. Now imagine God who is love. He is love. That is his being, his essence, not just his actions. God cannot do less than his word. He's bound by it. Jesus instructed us that if our brother offends us, we must forgive them seven times seventy. There's another example that if someone offends you and repents and then does it again seven times in a day, that we are to forgive them. Lord, help me. God can do no less. If we repent, he must forgive us. But in all this, the question comes, does God's love for us lessen because we keep messing up? The belief that God loves us less or withholds his blessing from us because of disobedience is total performance-based Christianity. 
and I hate to call it Christianity. True Christianity is the relationship of a father and his child gained by the finished work of Jesus. The parable titled The Prodigal Son shows a father whose son has demanded his inheritance early and then goes off and wasted on riotous living. When that son repents and returns, the father ignores his son's shame and cuts short his confession and immediately blesses him in multiple ways, including a party. The forgiving father never stopped loving him, and he never stopped looking for his son to return. He was waiting for him. As human parents, we can get tired of our children's bad behavior, and at times can cause our human hearts to give up on them. God will never give up on us. Again, it is me, O Lord, that walks away from him. God does not change, nor do his promises change or fall short. Yes, I can sin and fall short of the glory of God, but he made me righteous in Christ. He reconciled me to himself through Jesus. He loves me as he always has. We love because he first loved us, according to 1 John 4.19. He made the first move and loved us so we can say, I am already and have always been loved by him. It's not about what I do, but what he did and will always do. He loves you. You are his beloved child in whom he is well pleased. At a low spot in King David's life, when he was again being chased by the enemies and was living in the wilderness, his attitude, according to Psalm 63, verse 3, was that God's love was better than life. Faced with the possibility of death, his focus was on the greatness of God's love. Where is your focus when the challenges of life pressure you? Consider these verses the next time you doubt God's love for you. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Christ died for you when you were not just a sinner, but an enemy, willingly opposing God. When you were that enemy, God reconciled you to himself. Oh, and by the way, being now reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Get over yourself and your lack of perfection and look upon his perfection and his constant love for you. Now, if that's not enough, let's look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. This is an OMG moment. It says, herein is love, not that we loved God, It's not about our love or obedience, but that he loved us and sent Jesus to be the payment for our sins. So are you trying to pay for your sins? 
As I think I said before in another episode, your credit limit isn't high enough to pay that bill. It's not about our performance, but the romance for which we were created. It's a divine romance that caused God to act and make the universe and all in it so we could live on this little blue marble floating in a vast expanse and be immersed in His love. He loves you. He loves you more. Take a moment and ponder the love God has for you. Do you really believe He loves you? And can you receive that love right now? Understanding God's point of view and that He's been loving you since before the foundation of the world hopefully will change any shame or blame or such like in your heart. You truly are perfectly loved by Him. You've been washed in the blood of Jesus and have been cleansed. He made you righteous. There's nothing standing between you and God except your own limitations and fears. Time to take that stuff and lay it back in the grave of the old man. Jesus brought you into the presence of the Father when he perfected you forever. Take a deep breath and receive God's love. You are accepted in the Beloved.